Hello, everyone, and welcome to what is to be a beautiful episode of the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. But first, I need to give you a little backstory. Some of you might know that I was invited to be a top mentor to help launch the social audio app called Wisdom. This app is available now on iOS and Android devices. This app launched its beta phase in October of 2021, which I did not participate in because, frankly, I didn't even know what beta meant. Don't laugh at me. (laughs) And I joined probably the first week of November of 2021, and I have not looked back. This app was even voted by Apple as one of the best social audio platforms out there, best new app or something to that effect. But what's most important about this app is that I have been able to co-create with some of the most beautiful, amazing spirits. I have met what I now call my wisdom family. And you will too if you join this app. And I'm not an affiliate with them, so I'm not trying to push you in that direction. But I just know that this app has filled so many people's lives in the most miraculous of ways. And one of those ways was meeting, who is now my friend, Joseph Mojo McCarthy. Now, Joseph and I had had mm, maybe one or two short chats on the Wisdom app when he reached out to me and said, Kristen, would you be willing to get on a talk with me? I have something really important and special that I want to talk about, and I've had some awarenesses and awakenings, and I you were the only person that I wanted to talk to about this, or you were the person that came to my mind when talking about to talk about this with. And I said, absolutely, I would love to. So we got on a wisdom call, that's what they're called, or wisdom talk. And we talked for probably an hour and 45 minutes. So this talk is actually quite long. But what I did is split it into two parts so that you don't have to listen to the whole thing at one fell swoop, although you're probably going to want to because Joseph is a highly creative and articulate man, and he is someone that is so easy to listen to. Mix that with his vulnerability and his wisdom and his openness to share what he recently went through in life because this audio is probably maybe... I don't even know, five, six months old by now. And I recently had, I had saved it to my desktop. He gave me the copy and I saw it yesterday and I thought, gosh, I really need to share this. So being that my book is in the wrapping up phases of its publishment, if that's even a word, I thought this is the best time to share this with you all. So just to give you a little lowdown on who Joseph Mojo McCarthy is, he is a highly creative communicator and how leadership development consultant, marketing and branding Sherpa, podcaster, graphic designer, musician, and get this, he's a Wheel of Fortune contestant. Yes. He says that he draws from his diverse and unique blend of expertise, experience, and education. He has a master's in organizational development, and he loves to inspire and equip leaders to make significant yet sustainable changes that produce desired outcomes. Joseph and I had a beautiful conversation together, and this is one that goes down in the history books. So I'm really excited to share this with you, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I helped record with him. Oh, P.S. This was recorded on the Wisdom app, which is a live social audio app, and I was walking during this recording, so you will hear a little bit of background noise. I am use either I'm holding the phone in front of my face, or I think I had my earbud in with the little wire. So, if it sounds a little different than actually what I'm recording right now, that's because it was recorded under different situation. Uh, you will also hear him referring to me like dropping down and coming back in. What that means is when you are the host of a talk on wisdom, you can set the timer to however many of minutes that you want your guests to come up. And since I was the repeating guest, when that timer runs out, it drops me out of the queue and then I jump back in again and he brings me back up again. So if you hear him referring to things like that, this is because it is a live social audio app and I'm I'm dropping out of the, the uh, guest seat and then I come back into the guest seat. So I hope that helps clarify what might be going on 
when you're listening so you guys are not like, what is happening here? All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. And I truly hope you enjoyed this absolutely vulnerable, brilliant, inspired, creative, authentic, and loving conversation between me and Joseph Mojo McCarthy. You are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we upgrade our relationships and life by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun. Okay, I am live. I'm alive. I'm alive. Joseph Mojo McCarthy here. And I have got, uh, so excited that I've got my friend Kristen Brown available to enjoy a conversation with her about self-worth, self-identity, how we sabotage uh, our own value based on what somebody else says or thinks or approves or disapproves of us, which of course uh, has nothing to do with our value, just the way we perceive that. All right, so the, the lady of the hour, the lady of this hour, is Kristen Brown. And um, I've had a couple of talks with Kristen that have gone way deep, way fast. That's why I call this a deep dive. And this, when I had this epiphany, Kristen, a few days ago, my my heart and my mind immediately says, I got to talk to Kristen. I love it. I got to talk to Kristen because you've just got this profound um, perspective on what I'm dealing with. And, and you... And you and I have already connected on a pretty deep level, in my opinion, right? From my perspective. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and so I just couldn't wait to have this discussion with you because I think it's going to be super helpful to me and hopefully anybody that tunes in either live or after. Okay. We might be frozen, Mojo, if you're talking. We can't hear you and your equalizer around your picture is not functioning. You may need to restart this room, buddy. Oh, I hate it when that happens, right? Am I there? Oh, now you're back. Now you're back. While I was waiting for our conversation, I was listening to your replay of when you were talking about this conversation. And I think just to reset the room, I don't know if you said that already, but... No, I haven't said a thing. No, I just... Yeah, so telling us that story. I think it would be telling the story of what prompted... This conversation. I'm walking, so if you guys hear me like breathing hard, <laughs> there's nothing weird going on over here. I'm literally walking. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's um, funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it'd be um, amazing if you would just retell that story and, and then we can dive in. Yeah, because it was really yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah so, uh, to give a little context, um, I've been married for 24 years, and my wife and I have two beautiful children, which we've adopted them both. They have the same biological mother, different biological fathers. We were in the delivery room for the birth of each. I got to cut the umbilical cords. I mean, just amazing. That's a whole nother story. Um, but in spite of all the beauty that has happened in our marriage, there's also lots of conflict, which is not unusual in marriage. I think sometimes that's like a, a redundancy conflict in marriage. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but uh, and sometimes we've navigated that well, and sometimes we haven't. But certain arguments just seem to like keep coming back. The broken record. We say we're going to make progress, and we don't, and then we right back where we started again, 24 years later, right? So we had one of those, uh, another one of those, and I was just, I went to bed that night, just really conflicted on the inside. Why, why isn't this any better? And why are we still having the same old argument? We're not making progress. We don't see eye to eye, and you know, then it goes even worse. We're like, if this is a bad fit. We weren't meant to be together. All, all these terrible voices inside my head. Right. So that's that's the. That's what I'm feeling when I go to bed. I wake up the next morning and and I just started this new practice maybe a week ago uh, to, to set aside first thing in the morning before I even turn the lights on. I set aside some time for prayer and meditation. And as I've told other people, I'm generally praying pretty much throughout the day, but on the fly. Like I'm having this ongoing conversation with God in every context and it's, it, it's on the run. Right. And, and yeah. I think that's great. It's wonderful. That's, that fits my personality. Yeah. Um, but I, but I got rid of this, this challenge. Um, Tay, why don't you take, some, why don't you try the discipline of just being still and for, for just a short period of time, start each day with stillness and see what happens. And so I took that as a challenge. Yeah. What the heck? I mean, I've been told this since I was little, but I've never done it. Why not? Let's mm-hmm. give it a try. So I start this practice. I, I get a program that's doing called eco meditation. I don't know if you know what that is, 
but eco meditation combines tapping and the science, the brain science behind why meditation is even um, helpful to you physically, yeah. physiologically. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's, it's guided, but it's really more scientific than it is uh, like a spiritual guide. And so I, that was fine with me because I've been a spiritual guide for myself for a long time. So this was a nice combination. All that to yeah. say, this next morning after the conflict, uh, I wake up and I'm committed to trying this thing, even though I don't feel like it. So with, with the lights off, I'm going through this uh, eco meditation and it lasts about maybe 20 minutes or something. And when it's done, no, no sooner had I turned it off that in my mind's eye and in my heart, these words start to form and, and it's, it's not audible, but it's clear that it's, it's a message for me. And, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and so so I'm like, oh boy, here we go. This doesn't happen a lot, even this though this is so you know, cool. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I can feel that the even right now as I'm saying it, I can feel the, the hairs on my mm-hmm. on my arms start to stand up, and I get these tingles around the the temples of my my eyebrows. I my call hair, those god. You know, I, I call those god bumps. Seriously, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm getting I'm getting god bumps all over. Like, oh boy, yeah. here we go. Right, I, I haven't had this for so long, so I'm I'm, pay, I'm paying close attention, and this these words form clear as day in my mind. And it says, I want to make sure I get this right. So I wrote it down. I wrote it down so that I won't forget it because I tend to forget things anyway. Yeah, I have to do that too. Yeah. And it especially is... when it comes in a message like that, Joe. Oh, when yeah, comes... yeah. Yeah. That is like, because it's so like bad in the moment, but then it just kind of dissipate. Yes, I know exactly right. what you mean. And I know for sure that if I just tried to tried to remember the moment, I'll get the words wrong. And I, and I, I, the impression was so strong yes. that each word each word is really important. These words are these are the words. It's not it's not just the mm. idea. These are the words for me. Mm-hmm. And and it was this, Joe, your worth is neither determined nor dependent on the approval of another, not even yourself. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? I'm going to cry right now. I, like, I know. I know. Your worth is neither dependent nor determined on the approval of another, not even yourself. And I'm like, oh, my God. Dude. Seriously, they, in all the best ways. Oh, my God. Because I've I've told people this a hundred different ways. I've told myself this a hundred different ways mm-hmm. throughout my life. But I didn't really know what I was saying. I didn't yes. know it down deep. And now suddenly it goes out of my head and it makes that ridiculously infinite distance between my ears down to my heart. And it starts to resonate so deep. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I'm doing it right now. It's like, whoa. Yes. I got to call Kristen. <laughs> I love that. Oh, and I yeah. actually need to give you my number too, so that we can uh, text on the fly rather than rely on Instagram too. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It, know, actually took but... me, it took me like half a day to even find how, how could I contact you because as you know, in wisdom, even finding, I can't search by your name. I so know. I'm scrolling through all these things. What, where's Kristen? I don't have a contact. <laughs> I need to talk to Kristen. Just throw up a message anywhere. Right? Yeah. Well, I was, I was actually putting out the interview. I was yelling. I was walking out my yard. Kristen, are you out there? Come in, Kristen. But, and, <laughs> <laughs> for real. So like, the, 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 the vibrations in the universe will get to you at some point. And wow, they did. that is so cool. <laughs> well, I yeah. just have something to say real quick about Please. that resonance that, you were, that you're feeling. The, the first thing is, it was the why, right? We said why, but in that moment, your heart was so open to truth. Because it can't come unless we're open. It, yeah. We got to be so open. And I just, I, I know that feeling. And I just want mm. to honor that in you. That, that moment, you really wanted to know why. Why? Yeah. And, and the answer came. And I had a similar experience, which I won't get into. But I'll just say I had it. It's not private. I talk about it all the time. But this is your stage. But the, I've had that same exact thing. And in that moment, when truth hits like that, the what you what we are all experiencing with Joseph, the uh, emotions that come with that, there is a connection to source that will bring us to tears. Seriously, yeah. Because you know, I've done a um, Dr. Joe Dispenza meditation where he, it's a meditation to connect you with source. The times yeah. that I've been fully immersed in that, I will cry in the middle of the meditation because I can feel the unconditional love. Yeah. I can feel I feel, it. I feel right now. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. 
So I know. Yep. And again, it, it, I, I I have told myself and others my whole life that God loves you unconditionally, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. But that's way different than experiencing it in this profound, moving, emotional way, right? It's it's the same truth, but the context has changed, and suddenly. It's like resonating on a whole new frequency. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, as as Dr. Joe explains it, because, you know, he he bridges uh, science and spirituality, right? That's what his work is. He's freaking amazing. And and he calls that good morning. And he calls that um, connecting to the divine. That's literally what he calls that moment. And this is even stranger. He's mapped this done brain mappings on this yes and yes. he can tell have you seen this i haven't who, who is his oh name my again? gosh I catch his name what's his name dr dr joe dispenza it's a little breezy out here is it affecting my no no i got you okay dr. i just joe want to dispenza. make sure i just had i hadn't heard his name before and i want to make sure everybody else heard it too dr no, joe know. dispenza yeah yeah dr joe dispenza and uh so he does these brain mappings and you know the normal brain wave activity yeah. And he brought in this Russian team because people were having these profound healing experiences when they got in connection with the divine and the space that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you know, most of the time it's just like, let's say pink and blue lines. You know, if we're in a low brainwave state, they're kind of low, but there's space between them. There's lots of white space. They started mapping when people were reaching that space and the whole, just think of like a, a rectangular white box, just full. Like there's no white space between the pink and blue because this is called the gamma state. I don't know why I'm bringing the science into this. I think it's just interesting. Here's why. Here's why I can tell you the why right now, because my echo eco meditation was exactly what you're talking about. Talking about the brain wave states of gamma, alpha, delta, and how meditation affects it. You're speaking, you're speaking the language that I was listening to when I had this divine, divine moment. Wow. That's why. So so it goes like that. And then, this Russian team, this is, you know, I think a couple of years ago, this, I know it's not like yesterday, this Russian team said, oh my God, what's happening? This person is going to have a, a, a stroke or an aneurysm or something. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, wait for it. And he would point to the person that this was happening in and tears would be streaming down their face. Mm-hmm. Like, this is real. It's real. I, feel I, have, a, I have a question for you. Yes, come on. It's your it. experience. Yeah, bring it, baby. Bring um, it, bring it on. That's what I called you. <laughs> yeah. Since that, since that day, right? Yeah, I know you've had. To, that was like what Wednesday of this week, yeah, two, right? Two or three days ago, yeah. Yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Yeah. And it's only been a couple days. I'll be interested to ask this question to you in a month. Yeah. But what have you felt shift inside of you? Have you felt anything shift? Is your has your lens changed? Absolutely. Like how do you, yeah, so yeah. tell us about oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, if your time runs out, please jump right back in. And for those that are in the audience, uh, I'm going to extend this conversation with Kristen as far as it goes, and then I'm happy to have input from others. But uh, just for now, I would like to flesh this out with Kristen. So thank you for your patience. Um, but yes, so not only are the words profound, but like like we're talking around, the words in my head even though they're true and profound, didn't reach the resonant level that you're talking about in, in even the brain science of it until two things happened. One, you mentioned I started asking why, which I've actually done that many times throughout my marriage. But do you know what the other part of that was? Mm-hmm. I stopped and I was still enough to listen. That's so right. I've been <laughs> I've been asking I've been asking why, why my whole life, but then then I never wait for the answer, right? So it's, it's an it's ego why. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's almost like going in the doctor's office and say, why, why, why? And I have all this pain and why, why, why? And then, then, the, but then the time runs out and I walk out and I never let the doctor tell me the answer. <laughs> and so I, because I made this commitment and obviously now I know why I even have started down the road of um, doing a meditation in the mornings before I wake up because it took the why and it took the space where I was still and I was actually listening for an answer. I wasn't just talking all the time. It's, it's just, you know, it seems so simple and yet so profound and so powerful. And I'm going to, I'm going to drop Kristen out of here and bring her back up. No, 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 I'm back. Oh, am I going to? They got five seconds. So, so come out and come back up. Yeah. So, uh, I lost you, Kristen. Come back. Come back. Kristen Brown. 
so the, the question that we were we were working on was since your experience Tuesday and Wednesday of truly connecting to the divine and understanding your worth on that level that you have always asked for or knew intellectually, but you finally embodied, you could feel it in your heart. You know, since that moment two days or so ago, like how has your lens changed? Yeah, so here it's it's remar- it's actually remarkable, and I don't even know if I can put words to all of it. But I know one of, I know that feeling. one of one of the lenses that has changed remarkably is my lens on my past. So mm-hmm. as I look as I look back over the relationships that I've had, especially the dysfunctional ones, I now see where I relinquished my self worth into the hands of someone who didn't even care about me. Right? Yeah. So, oh God, that that hurts. Oh, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Hurts so good. Yeah. So so you've heard some stories about my stepdad who was a, just a narcissistic jerk and it was three years of hell in, in my junior high years, um, which was so formative anyway. And here's the father figure yes. that's doing it all wrong. But he, he I didn't have any love for him, but what I see now is that I was letting his approval or disapproval of me define my sense of worth. And so yeah. I was feeling worthless and maybe not worthless, completely worthless, because I did have a, a very vibrant relationship with God through all of this. But I was feeling worth less because I was letting his actions, his words, his approval or disapproval affect how I believed what I was worth. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it's a false narrative, but it was real. It, it crippled me. And, and yeah. as my therapist has said yeah. 30 years later, that's called arrested development because it served you well. It was a protection, a survival mechanism in the moment. And as a kid, you had to do that just to survive. But but what served you well then now, it doesn't serve you well as an adult, as a father, yes. as a husband, right? And I'm like, damn, what do I do about that? <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it took this profound um, encounter with the divine to finally get it out of my head that that I was relinquishing, I was putting my understanding of my worth and value in the hands of someone who didn't even care about me. Yeah. Wow. I know. Or that was so broken themselves, they couldn't see their own worth, they were never going to see ours. Yeah, well, both. Both are true. Yeah. Yeah, so one, one they didn't care about me because they only cared about themselves, that's but they right. didn't even know how to care for themselves, yes. right? So that's the hard part of narcissism is that they only care about themselves, but they don't even know how to care for themselves. <laughs> well, the root, of narcissi- yeah, the root of narcissism is extreme unworthiness. Yeah, exactly. You know, that same thing. You know, the same thing is with us seeking approval. But I was thinking of something, and I'm going to try to put this into words. And I understand that feeling because when I wrote my first book, I call it my baby book. It took me three years because I had to put words to all these things. Right? Yeah. I had to think, so, how do I so word hard. this? It's, it's like, yeah, right? how, how do you, yeah, words seem so limiting when you, when you have these experiences. They are. Right? And, and they yeah. are. And even when we use them, I sometimes say to people, like, I was talking to, to Delshawn last night and I used a word and I said, and I don't even really mean that, but that's the best descriptor I have right now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because, yeah. And yeah. people, this is why on wisdom, we have to feel each other's essence and what, what, you know, speak to each other's soul because we get each other just through energy. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be through semantics. And but it's also why said, di- it's also why dialogue is so much more powerful than monologue, because in dialogue we can actually shift the conversation and refine it, so that yes. we get closer to the truth that we're trying to convey. If I just yeah. say it and nobody nobody gives me any feedback, well, you can interpret that any way you want. And generally, people interpret it in the mood and in the mindset that they have, regardless of what my intention was. So at least in a dialogue, 100%. we can refine the conversation until you have a better understanding of what my intent was, right? Hundred percent, and that's why I, I've always said, you know, in my healing journey, I started to this is like twelve years ago when I started it, but I was like, oh, hold on, another car. Um, I was like, on this journey, I was like, you know what? Everything I'm reading from all of these different places all of these different things by, by love you. And I'm saying, bye. and I'm passing the husband. Okay. You guys, I'm going home. <laughs> I swear. He's driving down the road, pausing, rolling down the window, blowing me kisses. Okay. I love it. <laughs> it's this all is real, real life. Time. Baby. This is real it's life. Real life. This, is, this is not a produced radio show. This is real <laughs> life. And I, and I love that too. 
you know, that's it's kind of like a reality, true story, wisdom kind of. I don't know. There's a mixture of cool stuff going on here. <laughs> true crime. But, and... Yeah. <laughs> Soap opera. Uh, no. Okay. Right, exactly. So what I was saying was that when you were talking about the quote that you wrote down, would you say it again? Because I don't yeah, want to mess yeah. it up. And again, I want to read it because I know that I'll, if I just paraphrase it, I won't have the same power. So, right. so I really, with the most profound feeling I've had in the longest time, these words form in my mind and they're not audible, but they just as well have been and said, Joe, your worth is neither determined nor dependent on the approval of another, not even yourself. Yes. Oof. That's what I want. That's oh. what I want. Yes. I know. So beautiful. Oh. And you can tell that's from God because we talk as humans, we talk a lot about approving of ourselves. Totally. So, you know, when God says, oh, no, you don't even have to approve of yourself. You're like, wow, that was straight from the divine. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Because yes. that's OK. So I wanted to break that piece down because sure. the truth is that no approval is required, period. Bam. Say because that again. That's the, Truth bomb no, here. Truth bomb. <laughs> in the spiritual God, you know, perspective, no approval right. is required, period. Yeah. Ever. And, and here, here's because my why on we that, are. Kristen. Yeah, yeah, here's my why on that. Two, two sides. What, one, you just nailed it. Because of who we are. We are created by a loving God in his image. So end of story. That's the worth. It's it's immeasurable. It's in, yes. invaluable, right? It's It's eternal. So that's the one side of it. And the other is... And this, this is, again, I don't know how to put words to it very well, so bear with me here. But so what I was getting from that, and I want to hear your perspective as well, because I learned from that. But when I got to the second half and I read that back to myself, even yourself, I thought that is that is so profound and so necessary because in any given moment, I can feel really awesome about who I am or I can feel like the lowest worm, you know, that ever crawled in the dirt and it fluctuates with my moods, it fluctuates with my health, it fluctuates with my sleep, it fluctuates with every context thoughts. that I'm in. Yeah, yeah, my thoughts. So so my worth better not be dependent on what I think about myself, or I'm like, I'm going to be schizophrenic, right? Right. I'm, 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 I'm invaluable one moment and I'm worthless the next. That's how, that's what my brain says. But in that's the right. divine, in the context of the divine, I have a God who loves me so much First, he created me. So, of course, he loves me because I'm his creation. He doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mistakes. But he loved me so much that when I was broken and separated from him, he sends his own son who doesn't do any sin and, and lives a life of an exemplary life and then gets vilified for it, gets murdered for it because of something bad he did. No, to show me how much he loves me. Right. So. So who am I? In fact, if, if I say to myself that I'm worthless, I'm actually saying that I know more about me than God does because God says I'm worth everything. So who am That's I right. to usurp God's authority? Right. Now, here's here's 100%. So here's a perspective that's coming from the human in us, okay? Because we are source, but now we're in these physical suits that have brains, yes. And emotions and a meat suit. <laughs> right. Yeah. My, my girlfriend yes. who I just love dearly calls them earth suits. So I, I tend yeah. to use that term totally. too. I like but, that. Um, yeah. yeah. So here we are in these things and we have all these other things. And so I just want to bring this to the conversation for people that, that might be thinking or judging themselves that, that they've not had this experience yet. Like maybe I'm not special. Or maybe right. I'm not worthy of that. Or why hasn't God come to me like that? Mm, you know, right. I think it's important because we can go down that path and, you know, kind of feel sorry for Easily. ourselves or, or yes. whatnot because we didn't have that experience. And so here I want to bring the human aspect to this. Love this. Yeah. When, when it says that we don't need approval, not even from ourselves, period. I stand by that. That's 86 fonts in glitter. We don't. Okay, that's the God. That's the God version. Yes. Yes. And getting, absolutely. And getting to that place is beautiful and profound and deep, and it's all these feelings that you're feeling because it's capital T truth, universal wisdom. It's just an is, yeah. right? But yeah. for us little humans that are really struggling, I feel like it's the journey, right? When we start to journey, and in that, in that stage, and I hope I word this correctly, is 
you know, visiting these thoughts about ourselves, visiting these things we believe to be true or that somebody else spoke of over us and starting to give ourselves that self-love, right? So right there, we're, we are yes. actually doing a human act of yes. approving of ourselves because we are still a mind. Yeah. And if that starts us towards the journey of healing, then there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. So, so it's not that, you know, for every single person, we're going to have this, you know, Joseph, I know some of his story based on what he's told me on wisdom. And he, this journey started some years ago. Way, yeah, way, way. Yes. Ago. So, yeah. and when I say you got to that place, when you said why, and I said, but this time it was different. And I know you can speak to that and I would love for you to speak to that in a second. Yeah. But that, when we get to that pure place, of disconnection from ego where we're not saying why because i want to control or why because i want to make somebody wrong or why because am i am i right when we stop asking from that we truly lift up to the divine and we say why and we're so open we will receive but sometimes there's a path to get there Absolutely. and that's not and that's not to be judged yeah that's so good so good yeah because it would be easy for me if i was listening in on this conversation and it wasn't me telling the story to say, well, why not me, God, right? Yes, why, and I've done that. Why you, yeah. why you tell Mojo that, but you didn't tell me? And, 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 and again, like you said, so where I'm going to go with that is, well, God doesn't love me as much or I'm not worthy or whatever that is, which are they're, they're deceptions. It's false narrative, but it's still powerfully. It still affects my my warped view of who I am. But you're right. It, it's So here's, here's what I love. It's I'm very much a both and time kind of guy. You'll hear this yeah. in all my conversations. I love that. It's not, a, it's not an either or, it's a both and. And I'm even kind of shifting that to yes and, because both and sounds like just two options, either or, both and. But I'm, I'm embracing the infinite side of the infinite possibility. So it's yes and, so there's no limits, right? Um, yes. But, yes. but back to into this conversation is that the profound truth that I received in that moment is true it is the capital t truth that sets me free i don't set the truth free the truth yeah, sets exactly. me free but it's not a momentary thing it is it is a continuing what do they call it the verb is future perfect tense or whatever something where in other words it's 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 the truth that keeps on truthing right so it's it's a, <laughs> it's, a it's an awesome. ongoing it's an ongoing revelation so the reason they said it that way is because there's the verse that says ask and keep on asking seek Oh, it says, ask, seek, and knock. And we think that that's a one-time thing because that's the way we read it. But the actual original language is ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking, you know, knock and keep on knocking. And then you'll find and the door will be opened. And that's really the case is that I have been asking for a long time. And but and sometimes my why was just because like, why me, right? It was more of a pity thing or, or yes. why, you know. The, the why was a, it was a puny why, but you're right. I got to the place where I was so desperate for an answer, but now I'm like, okay, why? I need I need the answer for the big W why, right? Why? Yeah. It's no longer about why me. It's like there's got to be a reason. There's got if I believe that it's God's God of purpose and order, then I'm missing it somehow. I need I need to understand from His perspective the why, and He 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 lands it on me. But it's not a momentary thing. It's the truth that keeps on truthing. Right. It's yes. a journey. So come back, Kristen. We've got more to talk about here. Oh, Thanks yeah. again. Thanks again to all the people who are out there um, in the guest chair and um, and also for those who are in the audience. Uh, this is hopefully this is helpful to you. Uh, thanks for being patient. And I, if time allows, I certainly will get uh, to a chance to others to speak and to share your perspectives. But I want to hear more of what Kristen has to share because because she's walked this journey. I know just enough about her yeah. story to know that this is your journey as well, but in your own context, right? Right, and I had, an, and I had a similar experience. Mine looked different, but I had a similar experience. And I remember the moment, and I wanna bring the word logic into this, which is, it has helped me on my journey. It may help others, maybe not, but I'm an extremely logical person. And so when I said, when I, okay, I know there's a higher power. I know there's a superpower, this force, this energy. I know, period. I just know, known it since I was a little girl. And when I learned the phrase that you are a child of God or you are deity individuated, which is what Neil Donald Walsh refers to us, which I sure, like deity right. individuated, right? Isn't that cool? Right. 
when the divine I, individuations, I, right? Yeah. Yes. I sat in that and I said, that's logic. Like that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. So know for me, knowing that that was truth, that the lie of what I was telling myself was not true. When I sat in that, that was how it worked for me. So did I have that, the um, profound feeling you've had? No, I had that in a different way and another experience, but I, this one, I was like, that just makes sense to me. And so when something makes more sense to me, I'm willing to adopt that yeah. as my truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So, so yes. for me, it was like the, the logic aspect of it. Here's another piece when we're going back to the part about why not me? Why is God coming to this person? And I hear this too with people who they've had a loved one pass. They're like, why does grandma visit you and not me? You I'm know, sure. why does this, you know? And so we, we do that. That's what humans do. And what okay? we're really saying, what we're really saying is what's wrong with me. That's what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Right? You're right. We're saying what's yes. wrong with me. You, you get this profound experience or you get to hear from grandma or you get, even if it's like a physical thing, you get the candy. Why not me? What's wrong with me? Exactly. Which leads a perfect segue until this point I'm going to make. Thank you. Which is sure. from, re- from reading um, A Course in Miracles, I learned this, what I call capital T truth, is no, we're all, no one is special and we're all special. Mm. And if that doesn't put us on the equal playing field of, of oneness, and <laughs> I don't know what does. <laughs> right. No one is yeah. special and we're all special, but we're each on our own unique spiritual journeys. Yes. And right. so we can't judge and, and hold, why does so-and-so get the, the good guy and I get this? Or why does that? Whatever. You know, whatever it might be, we can't judge it because we are on our own unique journey. And to me, that's an, an embracement. I don't even know if that's a word. An I like embrace, it. <laughs> yeah. I so we got some truthing. We got some truthing. We got some <laughs> embracement. We're going to make a whole new vocabulary. Here. Um, I love it. I love it. But when, when we can embrace that, I'm like, wow, this is just about my own unique journey. And realizing that I've had my pains and my pains look like X, Y, Z. And Joseph's pains were A, B, C. And somebody else's pains were, you know, PQR. It was like, we're all experiencing it. And we're all on our unique journey to return to the love, return to the infinite and unconditional love of who we truly are yeah and to return to the wholeness of that love that that i am yes so this is another yes and yes i am on the journey yes Yes, i am i am limited in my body i am limited in my experience but i'm also infinite i'm also i am broken Mm -hmm. but i'm also whole this sounds like a paradox right but if i can see myself from god's perspective which Again, I, I, I've told, told these people my whole life, but I just haven't really, really understood, even understood what I was saying. But I am whole, right? So I feel yeah. broken because of the trauma in my life. But quite honestly, God doesn't see that that way. And in fact, nope. he, uses, he uses the trauma to bring out the beauty in me. The whole idea of beauty for ashes, right? The oil of joy for mourning. This, the spirit of joy for the for heaviness. He he's actually sees this as as the path, uh, you know, the trying of my faith that works patience, which becomes perseverance, which is the path to perfection. He sees that journey is just revealing what is already there. Exactly. To me, it feels to me it feels like I am I'm broken, I'm worthless, or whatever. But that is just that's the truth that I'm visiting with a small T now, which will reveal to me the big T truth that. That's what it felt like, but I'm just I'm peeling away those layers to reveal that that beneath the broken exterior is is where the gold really is. The value is what's on the inside. Every, and the Bible's very clear. Man looks on the outside, God looks at the heart, right? And, yes. and I and I say that about other people. You know, don't judge people, the book by its cover. But I'm doing it to myself. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, oh yeah, you know, stupid, broken, worthless. You know, you did it again. You can't learn anything. All the the negative self talk. But I'm, I'm just looking at the exterior and God's like, well, if I can use that to get you to peel the layers off that aren't serving you well to reveal the absolutely priceless, immensely value, valuable essence of you as a creation in my image, then I'll do that right? because it's going to get you where you need to go. 100%. And, and, or yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yeah, here we go. I love it. <laughs> 
Another yes, yes, capital S exclamation point. And sometimes for us, and I call us teeny tiny humans, we're teeny tiny baby humans. I say this a lot. <laughs> I love it. In, in our teeny tiny baby toddlery humanness, sometimes we are motivated to reach that spot by when the pain gets too great. Exactly. And when the pain gets too great, we crack open. And we can we let do. the light in. And so that's, that, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So good. So let's ground that right in my reality, in my experience. I got to the place where I was, I felt like almost hopeless that nothing's going to change. And so I was so frustrated. I was so at the end of my ability to do anything about it. I realized that all of my efforts amounted to nothing except for maybe frustration. Yeah. So I got I got to that place, like you said, where I realized my teeny tiny baby humanness isn't going to fix this. Right. So now when I'm asking why, I want to know. I need an answer outside of myself. And I stopped long enough to hear what God had to say. And, Whoo! Bam! Yeah. Can I share my? Ex I'm remembering an experience right now. Please. Where I cracked Absolutely. open go, the light and the, the light came in. Okay, yes, so I was I was in that exact spot of hopelessness and everybody knows about my tsunami, right? I was losing my house, I my husband abandoned the family, blah blah blah. And I woke up one night in the middle of the night and I went downstairs and I was gonna get a glass of water or something. And by the time I reached the bottom of the stairs, I got extremely dizzy. My I felt like I was gonna throw up and have diarrhea at the same time, like at the exact same time, I was like, oh my God. I hit my knees on the floor in all fours and I started to crawl because I also felt like I was going to pass out. Yeah. So I was like, I'm trying to crawl to the bathroom. So now I'm off the carpet and I'm heading onto tile and it felt like daggers in my knees. So oh, I plopped yeah. out, popped into the next piece of carpet that was there and I laid flat on my back, just literally succumbing to, well, there might be a mess. If this is what it is, but I cannot crawl to the bathroom, the pain is too great. So it was like the physical pain was too great, but really the emotional pain was too great. I call it a, I call it a nervous breakdown, but I don't know if, what a nervous breakdown is. I just know that my nervous system was freaking shot. Yeah. And I laid there and I remember thinking, well, this is bottom. This has got to be bottom. I mean, my I am like here on the ground in the middle of the night. My kids are upstairs sleeping. I'm completely helpless to do anything. I don't have my phone with me, nothing. And I'm just laying there and I, and I said, and I started laughing. I actually started laughing, but my ears were ringing so loud that I couldn't even hear myself laugh. Oh, wow. I, and then I remember thinking, I can't even hear myself laughing. And then I sat there and in that moment, I said the exact same thing. I said, you, there's, there's no chess pieces on this board that I can move to make this situation any better. Right. I've done everything I possibly can. And I call it in my first book, I call this chapter, or this little subheading, Remembering God. Mm. And then I went, wait a minute, there's God. Mm. Because I knew, I knew of God, I was comfortable with God and all those things. Right. And I said, okay, you're wait, God is supposed to help us. God is, is to lead us out of all the things. And in that moment, the throw up feeling, the diarrhea feeling, the ear ringing stop, everything stopped. And I was able to stand up and walk back up to, to my bed and go to sleep. But in that moment that I remembered God, that in that moment, I said, I can't do this alone. Oh, wow. And I started a like extreme meditation practice, breathing practice, anything to calm my nervous system because I was an anxiety mess. I'd lost a bunch of weight. My mouth felt like cardboard. Everything tasted like cardboard. And I just was like, that's it. I'm meditating and talking to God every single day. And when I, when I let that light in, I remember thinking, I remember having the picture in my head that I just had this massive storm and I could see this tiny little fingerprint, fingertip of blue sky. Like the clouds had just appeared in this tiny little blue sky space. Yeah. And I said that I'm going to turn that blue sky, which gave me hope because the blue sky is beyond, like it's amazing right. how these thoughts came into my mind because it yeah, wasn't yeah. me. Yeah, just think God. the metaphor here. The, re the representation Re is profound. Yes. Yes. Wow. And, and I let that, and I said, I'm going to, so I'm going to, there is hope because there it is. There is blue sky past this. So I had to trust again in what I couldn't see. Yeah. I had to say, there's something more to this. 
And I'm just going to keep remembering God and talk to God, you know, three, six, five, 24, seven, any moment right. I had, like, like God became my companion, like was walking around with me all day. Yes. And then of course everything cleared and, you know, everything turned out great. But here's the deals. What I know is wow. that since having had that experience and Marianne Williamson explains it like this, she's a course in miracles teacher. If you haven't heard of her, she, expl she explains it like again. this. Marianne Williamson. Okay, Marianne Williamson. And the book of Return to Love, you know, I always say 50 cents saved my life. Because okay. this is that work I was talking about earlier that we were do that we do that leads us to these moments is I was reading and studying and trying to find a way to feel better. And so it was kind of my setup for this moment. But mm -hmm. she says in the book, she said, Why is it that I'm only on my knees? And that's figuratively or sure. or or not. She might have physically been on her knees. But she talks a lot like that. She says, why am I only going to my knees when the going is rough? Yeah. I need to remain on my knees. Wow. I need to stop getting up and down. I need to, I need to stay there. And yes. so that, yes, so that's what I, I did. I'm like, I have to stay here. I need to stay in this space because I, and I was, and I was completely led like in the, I could tell you crazy stories, but I was completely led through the entire thing and everything went boom, 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 boom. But I had to get out of my own way. I had to let yeah. God lead me and I had to quiet myself enough, just like you're saying. But it was that my whole point is that moment that we can crack open, but we don't have to have that moment. So if anybody's listening that's saying, well, I haven't had that moment or, you know, pain is not so great yet. You don't have to. You, you don't, can just, right? You can just get on your knees now and open your heart to God and open your, your, your mind to the unknown and to know that you're just a little baby human. And, and you nor your friends or your parents or anybody else can tell you exactly what to do when you're in the toughest of struggles. God will lead you there. And I have used that since then. In the worst of yeah. worst, I have done, what do you want me to do, God? And sometimes it was keep going or stop talking. Or it was nothing, no big profound paragraph. Right. It's just a little yeah, message. Just, like a word or two. And it, and it has that resonance that you've been speaking of, Joseph. Yeah. Whew, this is so good. And I got to tell you, so you were talking about, so how has this affected my life, my outlook, my perception? It's profound. Even, even scriptures that I've memorized and quoted to myself and to others now take on a whole new meaning in light of yeah. my experience and in what you just said. So there's always been these debates about what does it mean when the Bible says it's harder for the, uh, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Is that, is that a condemnation of riches or wealth or anything? And, and, and I've never really quite understood it. And then I heard this, heard that there's actually a, a stone passage, uh, an actual um, cutout in the stones on this certain journey in Israel, that when the traders had to go along this journey, it was the, the bridge of the stone was too low for a camel that's fully loaded to get through a standing up. So they had to get the camel to get down on its knees to get through the passage called the eye of a needle. He could get through. Wow. And camels hate camels hate going on their knees, right? So this took a lot of work, but the camel had to humble himself, right? This is my interpretation. Wow. Yeah, yeah and, and get the baggage off his back to get through the eye of the needle to get to the other side. It's not that he couldn't, but he had to to get to go from proud and tall and, and look at all the stuff I've got. To get all the stuff off and get down on my knees and crawl through, right? And so this metaphor is just now it's got a whole another whole another level of meaning. That because with I think what wealth can do is give us this false sense of security that I can figure it out. You know, I've got access yeah. to the resources, so I don't need God. And and I've said I've even said those words before, but now they mean something completely different. When I become, I'll bring it back up. Um, when I become. Uh, so self-sufficient where I think, yeah, I, I can do this, which really is like a badge of honor, especially for a man in the society, you know, just shake it off, rub dirt on it. If it's not so bad, quit your whining, quit your complaining. If I have yeah. any sense, if I have any sense that I can pull it off, I'm not going to ask for God's help. Right. Yeah. Cause I don't need him. But if I, yeah. if I can remove the baggage and all the stuff that I've accumulated and get down on my knees, either physically or metaphorically, and bow my head and say, in order for me to get through this, I have to be humble and God will lead me. 
Yeah. And I love, Joseph, that you're bringing humility into this conversation. Because when we get, you know, as a teacher, I can speak for myself, as someone who teaches people and helps people return to their self-worth. There's, I am a perfectly divine in, in who I am, like capital H, capital who I, I and capital A, who I am. I am perfectly divine as you and everybody else, but I'm a fallible person, right? I'm not perfect. And remaining in that humility to me is what helps me to continue to grow because I don't get in a spate of, I know this all. Because when I first went through my healing, like my awakening, because I've, I've been a seeker my entire life. I've been connection with God my entire life. I'm extremely intuitive, all those things. But when this piece of me cracked open, I remember thinking innocently, again, back to being the baby human. Right. Oh, okay, I'm there. Now, I didn't think I was all that, but I thought I was there. Sure. And I was like, I'm there. This is good because life was so freaking peaceful. I can't even tell you. There was no judgments yeah. of others. There was no judgment of self. There was no, it right. was just like, wow. it felt like heaven. It felt like heaven on earth. It in that feels moment, like right? heaven on earth. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's yeah. clear. I see things clearly. And then I just stopped practicing yeah. because I thought, I innocently thought I was there. Yeah. And then what happened was, is there was another time. And then I said, oh, okay, this is not one and done. Right. This is about remaining humble. This yeah. is about remaining in that space of continual connection and co-creation with spirit, wow. with God. Yeah, so, so what you're saying again is this phrase that I just made up in this conversation. It's the truth that keeps on truthing, right? Um, yes. And so uh, the metaphor that I used just a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a week ago in this app was when the storms of life come, you, I, I kind of categorize the four general choices we can make. One is do nothing where you're you're at the mercy of the elements. You can toss to and fro. Who knows where you're going to end up? Or you can put down anchors, which might be your friends, your faith, your family, that at least hold you steady through the storm. Or if you if you begin to master your emotions and your your mind, you can actually use the wind as as your propellant, even when it's in your face, by tapping, you know how to use, use the sails so you can still move forward. And it might not be in a straight line. It rarely is life ever in a straight line. But you go back and forth, still towards your destination, right? You're still making progress. But then, and I, and I think I still I think that metaphor still holds true. But in light of what we're talking about, you get through the storm. The storm is gone. The clouds are gone. The sun comes out. It's beautiful. And the water gets still. And you you love that feeling, right? This is, yeah. this is peace. It's heaven on earth in that moment. But guess what? If you stay there, you run out of food, you run out of fuel, mm. and you are, nowhere, you are nowhere near land. So what do you do then when there mm. is no storm? You enjoy it, but then you get your oars in the water or you put the motorboat in the water and you start moving because mm -hmm. you can't stay still for very long. You can't. You, you can't celebrate <laughs> it. And I hear this, I hear this from, from high-performance athletes too that – you know, they win a championship and that's a fabulous moment. But if for those who like think I have arrived to use your words, they're the ones whose careers then taper off and they become, you know, just like one of the regular guys. But mm -hmm. for the Kobe Bryants and the Michael Jordans and the Olympians and the, the golf and tennis stars who are at the top of their game for their entire career, it's because they celebrate the victory. That's when the storm is over. You know, they've, they've won the battle. They enjoy it. And then they refuel and they replenish and they re, uh, realign and then they move. They start rolling the oars again. They, they, they have never fully arrived. And this is, this is the truth that keeps on truthing that in our human baby, little baby humanities, we, <laughs> we, get to have, we get to have some victories. But that is not the end, right? That's just the battle in the moment. And we celebrate. Thank you, God, for getting me through that. And I love the peace. But don't let me become complacent, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So to me, this is the this is the contrast between contentment and complacency. And we get these confused. I get these confused really easy. The contentment comes when I really I feel a sense of accomplishment or a sense of arrival, all those type of things. But if I stay there too long, the contentment becomes complacency and I don't want to move. I just want to bask in the sun. Well, you do yeah. that too long, you get burned, right? You yes. become a crispy you become a crispy critter. So you got you gotta put the suntan oil on and, and get moving. Yes. You know, I love that you brought up Michael Jordan because um, my husband and I watched the Michael Jordan 
The Last um, Dance documentary. Yes. The Last and, Dance. And, yeah. Yes, and and yeah. he is that. He was all about that. Like I don't know a he lot was. about him. He yeah. was all about that. He's like he's no. I've, he he never looked at himself as I've arrived. Never. Right. It was always about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. And I love to talk about, um, you're around my age, so you know the band Rush? Rush, of course, yeah. Okay. Neil so Pert, you know, one of the best drummers in the history. Neil okay, that's who, that's who I'm going to talk about. So, <laughs> there you go. Right? Yeah. Neil Pert, like, will blow, like, you can feel the, the wind from his drumming, right? It's like, yeah. and, and you're in the nosebleeds. He's just yeah. the most amazing. So nobody, humble. nobody, no drummer in history can do what Neil Pert did. By the way, <laughs> he's he's amazing, like beyond yeah. amazing. And I yeah, just he's the god like of drums, cry sure. when I when yeah. I watch him. But also, if you've watched Rush, Rush documentaries, that whole band was not about the girls and the drinking and the partying. They right. were all readers, and Neil Pert was a philosopher, and he he read right. like all the deep literatures, and he's written a bunch of the lyrics for Rush. But also, in one of his documentaries, here he is like. Like they're past all the the youthful years. I don't know how old he was, but I'm saying 50 or 60 or something. And he went to drum lessons. Can you believe that? Did you see it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, but I can believe that because I see this. Yes. I see this in Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods at the peak of his career. He just won every major in a row. Never been done before. They call it the Tiger whatever thing because he wins all the majors back to back to back. And and like he he's he's by far in a way the best golfer not only of his day but that's ever lived it's it's just a fact right really? wow. so what's he do what's he do he fires his coach and he gets a new coach and anybody that knows anything about golfing knows that once you've got it dialed in you don't tweak anything because every little wow. tweak is going to be a whole another journey of trying to figure out how to make that work so but tiger smarter than the average bear says okay <laughs> I am the best in the world, but I'm only going to stay the best in the world if I continue to evolve and grow. So he fires the coach that, that helped him become the best in the world to become better. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I did not know who, that. Who does that? Who does That's, that? That is, that is, yes, both of those stories blow your hair back moments. Seriously? Because when I, literally, when that, <clears throat> I saw Neil Perd do that, I paused and I looked at my husband and I go, do you see this? Like that was Neil Perk getting drum lessons. I'm like, I go, Doug, that just shows you his human, his humility. humility. He was not about being the best drummer in the world at all. He just, you know, like egoically, he was about being the best drummer he was capable of being. Right. And, and to take that even further, Neil Perk, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, they, even if they believed they were the best at what they did in that moment, they knew that they couldn't stop there, right? That I can continue to improve. And they're not comparing themselves against any of their competitors because there's no comparison. So they had to compare themselves against who am I and how do I continue to get better? And in fact, I think this is glorious because we often say comparison is the thief of joy because if you compare yourself with others, you either become prideful or you become or you feel worthless. But if you're comparing against yourself, it actually can become jet fuel because you're like, okay, I have accomplished X, Y, Z, and I'm really proud of that. But I know that there is so much more that I can accomplish. And then you combine that with humility, which almost all the great philosophers, the great spiritual leaders, they have this. I met Mother Teresa. I, I don't know if I told you or not, but I, I was touring with a gospel group. I was in Calcutta wow. in 19, 1990. And Mother Teresa invites our group to come in to sing to her nuns. And afterwards, we sit at her feet, her, her gnarled, bare feet, while she yeah. dispenses wisdom to us. And I'm just in awe. I'm like, is this wow. really happening? Right? But here's, here's a woman that has zero uh, wealth, zero accumulations, zero of all the things that we measure success by. And she is the wealthiest woman, you know, of, of all yeah. time, perhaps, uh, yeah. because, because of the humility, right? So she knows that whatever she's accomplished, it isn't because she's so great. And she also knows I can do so much more. Why? Because I, I am a partner with, I'm following the divine. And so the, the possibilities are unlimited. Mm. So she doesn't take credit for any of it and continues nope. to do more. It's, it's, oh, it's such a lesson that it's yeah. so hard, so hard to keep, keep, you know, to keep on that path. You know, and back to your point about Michael Jackson and Tiger Woods knowing, you know, they can know that they're the best in the world. You can still know a fact and be humble. Yes. 
you can still, I remember when, um, when I was doing hair and there was a time when my Saturdays were booked for a year. I had a six week, like no one could get in. Like if a new client called for six weeks, like I literally had no spots open and I had a 10 person cancellation list. So, I mean, I was like, can you get any at the more top of your career than that? I don't know. Right. No, that's right. And, and I remember looking at it going, oh, okay. Like it never occurred to me. Wow. You're an awesome hairdresser. You're, you know, I, I just, it didn't, it was just an is. And I kept going to courses and I kept learning new because hair, the hair world changes constantly. Sure. So there's a new thing and a new thing and a new thing. So, and I kept doing my things. I was just enjoying that. I had a great clientele. I was enjoying what I was doing and I was still growing. So you can know you're good at what you do. Cause when, when I had clients that were really nervous about something, I would say, listen, and I would, and I would touch them and I would say, I'm really good at what I do. We're going to talk this through. So the, the, you can still be humble and knowing that you're good at something. Yeah. And, and, and it's okay to know you're good at something because yeah. you put the effort and the time and the energy and, and frankly, the healing, because it takes healing yes. too, to, yeah. to reach whatever height that you want to reach. So for anybody who thinks, oh my God, I got to remain humble, which means I can never look at my accomplishments. <laughs> Right. Are you kidding? I fall. I did a talk. I did a talk on wisdom once called like something marinated in gratitude, where we've been through so much in my family, and my husband and I too. Not a not, nothing's perfect, right? Like you were saying way in the beginning of, of this, that even married people have have issues. Yes, of course. But we had been through so much that I was sitting in a moment where I was like, I am so grateful, and I was so humble. But I was listing the accomplishments. I was like, we're here. We're here. This happened, that happened, the other thing happened. And I was really like sitting in it going, yes, because I want to keep that embodied feeling of that. Not, it was not like, oh gosh, look at us. We're so cool. It was, you know, again, these things are hard to word. So you guys are going to have to feel me. (laughs) Right, right. But, but, but Kristen, what you're talking about for me is another yes and experience. Yes. I am the best hairdresser in my city. And well, I, I can I get that, so but... much better. No, no, but but it's a yes and. It's so so this is where humility comes in, where you can absolutely say with humility that I am the best at what I do or I'm at the best I can be at this moment mm-hmm. and I can be better. And that's what makes Kobe Bryant and Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan and Kristen Brown and hopefully Joe McCarthy as we go to to we can, oh, the other part of that is true. The other part of humility is is believing down deep and knowing down deep that I didn't get here by myself, right? Mm-hmm. So Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods yeah. and Kobe Bryant and Kristen Brown and whoever you you put on a pedestal as, as a great whatever they do, the ones who really understand their greatness understand that there's no way, they didn't get there in a vacuum. They weren't born to be the best. Tony Robbins wasn't born as the, the greatest motivational speaker of his generation. He became that. And he became that through mentoring. He came that through trauma. He became that through all the work that was required. And so he, and so he can very confidently say, yes, I can help people transform their lives. And I'm very, very good. I'm one of the best at what I do, but that's not an arrogance. That's, as you said, that's a reason, that's a result of the work that I've done. And it's yes. And I can continue to get better. And if you look behind the scenes at the Tony Robbins experience, and there's a great Netflix thing on that as well. I saw that. You'll yeah. see, yeah, you'll see that when he's not on stage, he is always evaluating and what I'm doing. Is this effective? Is there another perspective that somebody has that could actually make me more effective? Because ultimately he wants to have the biggest impact that he can on other people. And he realizes I'm really good at what I do, but I can be better. And I did not get here alone. Yes. And, and, and when you speak and when we watch people like that, because I watched that night and Tony Robbins was not one of my mentors. I didn't really know of him. I think I heard his name here and there, but I had, you know, I, I didn't Google or anything. I just never really knew of him. And five so, seconds. Five seconds. Come back. Oh, five all right. Seconds. Let Hold me come back. Okay, I'll yep. come back. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate you being in the room. Uh, D. Grant, I see you there. and My brother, thank you so much for your support. Anybody who's still in the room, I hope this is helpful to you, but it certainly is to me. Uh, isn't that, okay, hi, D. So you were, you were, <laughs> D just gave us some. So you were saying. Copies. Yeah. He, he did. He's been giving us love all along. I know. Yeah. Um, what, what, what was I saying? <laughs> okay. I, let's see. Let's back up a little bit. Um, 
Oh, well, so it's yeah, Tony Robbins, right? So the first time I watched him, I was like, I'm going to watch him through a neutral lens because I know nothing of this guy. Right. And I and what I saw was everything you explained. He he walks his talk. He his preparations behind the stage before he even went on because he yeah. wanted to show up as his best self. So yes. what what did he do? Jump on a trampoline or something? He was doing something. He jumped something. on a trampoline. And, and he jumped he on a mini his, trampoline. Yeah. yeah. Before he left his house, he jumps into this uh, pool that he's created outside of his home that has super cold water. So he shocks his system because he knows that physiologically this brings everything, you know, it, I, I, yes. I can't tell you the science behind right, it. Right, right. But he does, he does all the preparation work to put him in the peak state to perform, not for him so that he's a – so, so to just give you my own perception, my perception of Tony Robbins as an outsider was, you know, he's 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 full of himself. You know, he's he's very arrogant. He's, you know, who who can say they're the best? You know, the the coach the coach to the presidents and the coach to the to the kings, whatever. Who well, actually who was? But I was just judging the fact that he was aware that yes, I'm very good at what I do. But it's because I do all the preparation, I do all the work. I didn't get here alone, and I can be better. I can, I can, I can wow. get better, and he keeps working at it. And I'm like, wow, my respect is through the roof for that. Awesome. Exactly. And I watched it, and I thought, wow, okay. And then I watched him with his crowd and his confidence in what yeah. he said. I'm like, and the the scene where the girl was so broken and crying, and yes. something to do with men, and and these other yeah. men came in the audience, and you know, it. I was like, with the one person he knew how to be strong with, and the other one he knew how to be soft with, and he to me that's flow. But I watched yeah. this confidence and I also learned, I'm like, if he does not get on their ego, would not right. be driving him to jump in the cold bath and would be telling right. him to jump on the trampoline and would, that's spirit, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, when we can, I just am in awe watching that. And I, do you know who Brendan Bouchard is? Oh yeah. I listen to him every day. Growth day, man. <laughs> I love Brendan. He's, he's, he speaks, he's, another... he's from Montana. So I'm, I'm like, yes. he's one of me because I'm from Montana. I'm like, oh, I love Brendan. Yes, he's another humble spirit that is just doing yeah. so much great in the world. I mean, everything out of his mouth, I just think, I, I like you. You know, <laughs> you can just feel yeah. his energy. You know, he's just, yeah. what a neat guy he is. And just, yeah. you know, trying to make the things happen. And I just, I just really admire that. And I feel that, so that's the humility piece of this is, is staying in that humble zone. But there's another piece I want to bring in, 